I want to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so you can have it be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, plus many more. You can make money from your podcast with absolutely no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Welcome to another episode of the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm super happy to have my good friend, Jessica Miller, a.k.a. Jess Lamaste, with me today. Jess, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. So, I'm stoked to be here. That's great. Tell us, uh, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, how we know each other. Sure. So um, we know each other through your twin sister, Jess. Um, her and I are teachers together, um, so we've been... Yeah, we've been friends for four years. And John, you started shooting pictures of me for yoga, I guess, like two years ago at this yeah. point. So that's how we met. And um, yeah, born and raised in Jersey. Uh, teach a lot of yoga on the side. Um, Mama's day. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like I am. Um, what do you, t- you teach the same grade as Jess? I do. Fourth grade. Nice. It's a lot. <laughs> Remote. Hence the yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been it's been a tough year. So I feel like the yoga practice has sort of saved me and the kids that I teach. How long have you been doing yoga, teaching yoga? Uh, three years. Oh, cool. Yeah. Done some pretty cool stuff that we can't necessarily talk about, but... That's true. Pretty pretty important bending stuff. <laughs> I mean, you make it... That, that sounds naughty. Oh, and that's just people. Is that just where my head went? Yes. It was important people <laughs> oh, being taught oh, important yes, things. Oh, yes. Yeah, I um that's true. I have taught yoga to some some pretty famous people, but yeah. I can't I can't really talk about it. Award-winning people. This makes me sound awesome. It's one it, it's okay. It was it was, it was awesome. It was pretty cool. Don't belittle yourself. Okay. It was great. So I thought uh obviously we have had a plethora of relationship conversations over the last couple of years. Yes. I thought Today would be a good day for us to hash out some of our pasts, histories, Let's advice. And I thought a good place to start would be, I mean, we're the same age, I think, right? You're 34? Mm-hmm. I'm 35. And you are divorced. Yes. How is that? <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely not the most common uh, amongst our age group. I feel like we're in a space where lots of our friends are married or just having kids. And so... Um, I do feel like it's an odd thing to say at 35 that you're divorced. Um, however, uh, it's part of my story. And so I feel like talking about divorce doesn't have to be something taboo or something that you shy away from. Um, because the truth is, I think a lot of people feel certain things in their relationship, but they don't always want to talk about it or honor it. And so it 
comes out later mm-hmm. in life. Obviously, the people at home can't see me nodding my head in agreement, <laughs> but uh, I do agree with that. And uh, I thought it was important to bring up because there's such a stigma about mm-hmm. divorce, and which is crazy considering 58% of... I think 58% of It might even be more. Yeah, well, post-pandemic, yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Get locked in a house for a year. With <laughs> Get no, me out of there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, how much do you think that impacts, like, your dating life now? Um, do you think people, like, I don't know if they hold it against you or you have, like, a weird uh, conversation about it? Because, like, I've gone on dates with people who have been divorced, and I, it's not, like, a deal-breaker for me, but I would imagine for some people that might be something that they're like, oh... Yeah, no one's ever come out and said that to me before, but you definitely get a sense of the people that are curious about it and want to know a little bit more about like how I came to be divorced and how I've learned from it. And and then you have people that I think are intimidated that there's like an ex-husband and a former life. Um, You know, we didn't have any kids together, so there's no communication. There's no need to, to be in each other's lives anymore. So I think that there's a level of intimidation. Sure. And then also, like, I'm not your average 30-year-old girl that's racing to the altar wanting to have the big wedding with the bells and the whistle. Like, I've been there and done that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like I'm ready to meet someone that doesn't need the show. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, to... To be fair, some some people want that, and sure. that's that's great. But like, that's not my mo for getting married again. So, I think that there's like different forms of reactions to guys when I tell them that I'm divorced. I think that's fair. Um, like I said, I, I've obviously dated girls who've been divorced, and some who were probably married when we were on the date. But you know, <laughs> can't say whether that's necessarily a fact or not. Um, how's like the last year been? I mean, I know you've had some boyfriends, you've had some on and off things. Um, pandemic dating, we've had a lot of conversations yes, about the last year. Um, how are you doing today versus, you know, 12 months ago? I think I'm doing a lot better than I was 12 months ago. I feel like the pandemic sort of forced everybody to slow down and it, you know, for a while dating was, um, not, something that people like it wasn't acceptable in the pandemic so we were having FaceTime dates but we weren't necessarily meeting strangers and so I think that forced the conversations to change I think that the like the type of people that I was talking to was starting to shift a little bit like because the truth is you really had to make an effort if you wanted to date in the pandemic it was not easy yeah and so I think and I imagine for girls too like the ones that actually want to be there and put forth the effort into getting to know you are going to stand out a lot more than the people that are just there to get laid. Yeah. So, because well, I mean, I, I, I wasn't getting laid during the pandemic. I mean, <laughs> I know we have different experiences over the last year. Um, my thing was I had a really hard time with doing like the FaceTiming dates, mm-hmm. the phone call dates. And like I had some good conversations and some quote unquote relationships or talking to's or whatever you wanted to call it at the beginning of the pandemic. But I just couldn't sustain it. Like I'm a very, you know, in-person vibes, chemistry kind of person. And all of that texting and FaceTiming, it just like was not. It wasn't like, you. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, and, and I know you mentioned like maybe that's easier for for you, but. Um, yeah, I think because I, I think being on Zoom all day with your <laughs> students and then yeah, I was teaching it. yoga on Zoom, it was just like a lot of time on screen. So it didn't feel that strange to have a FaceTime date. Okay. Um, 
And again, like the guys that were like, fuck, no, I would never have a... It's like, well, what? (laughs) Then your option is like, what? um, You could weed those guys out right away, right? Right. Because they were like, I definitely want to hook up with this girl. I have no interest in dating. Yeah, like I don't want to talk to you. So I'm like, well, wait. I mean, that's kind of all we have to do right now. And, um, you know, especially in like the very first couple of months. Um, Did you feel that you were able to get to know someone really well over like Zoom or FaceTime? Because like, to me... It's so awkward. Like, I've never met this person before. Yeah. And the first time I'm quote unquote meeting them is on FaceTime. Yeah. It's, I think it's more intimate than it is. a date. It, it, it freaks me out though. Yeah. Like, that's why I, I mean, it's like, it. there is no distractions. Like, there is no waiter coming over to take your drink order. There's no people watching. There's no like sipping a drink to like kill awkward silence. <laughs> it's literally just you and this person. And so, it became very clear those people that were comfortable enough to be able to have conversations with a stranger on mm-hmm. FaceTime and then the people that were like just like stuck. Me. Like this yeah, is Yeah, which is it's awkward. So there's no you know, I I wouldn't necessarily rule somebody out if they struggle sure. to have a conversation, but I think you can have chemistry on a FaceTime. I think you could well, I mean Absolutely. Like there can be, first of all, the person could look like their photos or, yeah. or not. Yeah, right. So that was obvious. Um, but I think based on the conversation, like you can absolutely flirt over FaceTime. And so it's interesting. I think for me, the barrier was in number one, I hate FaceTime in general. Like I hate FaceTiming my family and yeah. my friends. Like it's just not my mode of con- you know communication. I'd rather text. I'd rather be on a phone call, whatever. So let, let's take that to the side. It's just to me, like, I'm a very physical person in terms of, like, in-body, in-person kind of chemistry. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just felt like even the more I did it, I would have two or three drinks beforehand just to loosen myself up. I just – it wasn't doing it for me. Like, I I felt like it was, like – Well, it's missing something. It's, like, you don't get the The end-of-date kiss at the end. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean – most of the FaceTime dates that were successful eventually led to a real date because it it does get old. So yeah. it's like there's only so many times we can like get buzzed together <laughs> over FaceTime. I will say it's awesome because like you have the best excuse if the date is going poorly. To like it, yeah, like oh fuck my Wi-Fi. Like I, literally, I've had to you know end lots of conversations quickly. But I I will say that. I think for two or three dates, like you can get enough of a sense of a person in order to meet them in person and be like, oh, like I could see this going, going well. Now, none of those relationships (laughs) necessarily panned out. So maybe there's something to be said about it. But, um, you know, we did, we did what we had to do as single people in a pandemic because the alternative was to just isolate. Yeah. Which, which worked for some people, but I I had a productive year. It wasn't sexually productive, but it was productive. And in that other ways. counts. Like you put your yeah. energy into something. Yeah. Um, for me, I think because I was finally starting to feel confident enough in dating mm-hmm. again, then it was like I felt like I was cut off at the knees. I was like, shit, I was just gaining momentum. I could feel um, that too in our conversations because we have known each other, I think, four years. And would you get divorced five years ago? Four years ago? Uh, no, it's actually. It's just over two years. I mean, oh, okay. like official, but it yeah, coming up I on three years. Had, so I feel like you might have split when we first met. Yeah, because my yeah, sister yeah. was very much trying to set us up. Yes, right. I do remember that and repeatedly. Repeatedly, John Mayer concert. I remember. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you did you, you didn't go to that? No, I was on a date. Oh, oh right. Yeah, <laughs> didn't missed, work out. I should have fucking great gone. <laughs> fucking concert. Holy shit! I forgot about that. Oh, that was so long ago. That was two years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Um, 
but yeah, like I had noticed like our conversations, you were starting to like feel yourself again. You're like, yeah, I'm like ready to do this. Like I've had some shitty dates. I've met some shitty guys, but like you were starting to come into your own and then bam, yeah. we're stuck at home. Yeah. And I, I think my attitude dating before the pandemic was very much like chasing another relationship. Like I was watching my ex in a relationship. He was moving on and I was like, well, fuck, I need to move on. And Ooh. so when you are in dating for another reason, like it has to be about you and the sure. things that you want. And if you're just looking to fill a void and to find the next one, then like that's a losing game. How much pressure did you feel post divorce? You know, obviously in a social media driven world that we live in to quote unquote, win the divorce to put on the happy face, even if you were struggling or be out and about, even if you wanted to stay home and do anything, how much did you feel like pressure to kind of, feel like you want it even though you may not have been doing yeah I would say you know and our divorce was amicable and you know to this day I have nothing but positive things to say about my ex um but I would say part of me wanted to put on a face like it's all good I walked away from this marriage so like what should I be upset about Mm -hmm. and that that's the other thing that I think is a misconception like just because you're the one that decides okay this relationship is no longer serving me and we both deserve more um it doesn't mean that the person that walked away isn't grieving that relationship so Mm -hmm. i think i had a hard time sort of moving past it even though right physically we had separated um so i would say what was the question this is what happened (laughs) all the time how how much of that post oh yes okay so i wanted to put on a face for other people um but i spent my life doing that like that's who i was in my relationship um and then yoga sort of really forced me to like look at myself in the mirror and do like a deep dive inward and realize like how much are you showing other people because you feel like that's what they want to see Mm -hmm. um and so i feel like i sort of dropped the act mm-hmm. and you know i keep it pretty real on on my instagram and you can see the days that like i'm doing great you can see the days i'm feeling myself you can see the days that like you know i could use a little extra self-love so i would say now i'm pretty honest like i don't i don't need to impress anybody i don't need to um convince anyone that i'm feeling a certain way like it's none of their fucking business so yeah. if my honesty and vulnerability makes people uncomfortable then um, I appreciate you know, that. They and should look another I, way. I had this conversation with a, a podcast guest that I've got coming up soon yesterday, and it was how time and age has so positively impacted my ability to be comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, obviously, there's a lot less social pressure on me to look a certain way, act a certain way, do a lot of things. And inherently, that's what happens to white men in America. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 nice to see that it kind of goes both ways because like obviously with time and age you have found yourself a little bit deeper a little mm-hmm. bit you know closer to who you are and like what you love and i don't know if that's with age or time or whatever it is but it's such a freeing feeling yeah to you, not give a shit yeah. what other people think about yeah, you or give a shit about the things that you want to give a shit about yes yes um and i think you know i think some of it comes with time and age and actually i was just i, I was sharing this in a yoga class a couple weeks ago, like depth, right? Like you can't force somebody to have depth. Mm -hmm. They can only meet you as far as they've met themselves. And because, you know, I've been through divorce, I've lost a parent. Um, my life experiences have like 
created a lot of depth and I've experienced heartache and pain and grief. And I think when you overcome those circumstances, like you're a stronger person for it. And so I can't fault someone that I'm dating that has never been divorced or has never experienced loss of a parent. Like that's not on them. But if they haven't done the own work on themselves to realize what's important to them, like that's when you see the, the difference. Do you find, so obviously you and I have drastically different life experiences, but like when you're on a first date or second date with a person, do you find people who lack that level of life experience you typically don't get along with? Or is do you see a barrier in place already as to how far you could see that particular thing going? I think it's pretty clear on a first date or first conversation. Um you know, like, again, like, you don't have to have experienced what I have in order sure. to connect with me, but get a little curious, ask some questions, or try to relate in a way mm-hmm. where, you know, like, you, you can connect on, on some level. Um, and then the guys that are just sort of like, oh, like, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. Like, they can't. And again, it's not their fault, but it's they not, just, they right. don't. If they're, if they're unable to relate to that tragedy in any way. In any way, right? right. Like anything traumatic that they've experienced. Or if they like immediately try to change the conversation topic. To, yeah. Or oh, it's oh just, by the way, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. Like, fucking service level conversation drives me crazy. Like, I don't want to talk about the fucking weather. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I'm just kidding. God. It's going to snow. Like what, where, like where you vacation, don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. We could talk about where you went to college and like the things you like to do for fun. But like, I just like, like to go in. Yeah. So what are the important topics like, or questions that you want to get out of on a first date? Um, I want to know, like, give me your top three. We don't have top to three. I, what did you, what have you learned about yourself from other relationships? Ooh, I think that's great like, question. be a little self reflective. Um, what are your intentions for dating? Which mm-hmm. sounds like so intimidating to ask on a date. You know, the biggest problem, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The That's biggest right. problem that I have with that question is that in my past and not now, but in my past, I've taken that question and given the answer that I think that the person that I'm with wants to hear. Well, That's your problem. That was my problem. But don't you find that that is a thing that both male and females do often? Because sure. that question is very personal and very difficult and it can pose conflict not like a fight but like if i'm looking for a relationship and you're looking for a one-night stand that question can lead to the end of the evening right but i think as long as you are clear with what you want Mm -hmm. then that i mean if that's not what the other person wants to hear that's their problem yeah i just think my biggest qualm with that question is that a lot of times when I ask it, I think I'm told what they think I want to hear mm-hmm. because I used to say the thing that I think they wanted to hear. Right. So I've gotten to the point where I've unabashedly said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And if these are not the two things that you want, that's okay. Yeah. You're a great person. I'm a great person. We're just not matching up. Yeah. But a lot of times, and even today, like when I, I had a date the other night, I was very open, very honest about what I want, what I'm looking for, and they were on the same page. We're going to go out again. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But it is it is a tricky question. It is a tricky question, but I also feel like... I also have trust issues. So. It, well, <laughs> I mean, and you you don't know if the other person's being honest in their answer to you, but I do feel like, and I've gotten to the point where I used to be scared of the answer. So if they were like, oh, like, I don't really know what I'm looking for, then... 
you know, I would be like, well, fuck, like they don't want a relationship. Like I, I would always make it about you. me. Yeah. Well, that's easy to do. Yeah. Because they would want the thing that you say you want if they were, if you right. were the person. I'm like, let's just get on the same page. Like, are you looking for a serious relationship? Yes or no. And be honest. And it's a bummer if I like you and I'm into you and you say no, but at least I know that on date one and not after investing more time with you. Cause how often in your experience, have you found that question being answered the way you want it to be only to shortly be let down? Um, well, I'm still dating. <laughs> so I haven't heard yet. I mean, I think, you know, it's a combination of people not knowing what they want, which is fair. And like, it's been a weird year. It's been and, a weird year. Yeah. Um, but I do think a lot of times people are like, okay, well, yeah, we're on dating apps to be in relationships. So that's the answer. Like, that's what you say. The but your actions like have to match up and like, yeah, if your intentions aren't pure and you're not honest, like get the fuck, get out of here. I agree. What's, um, what's the third thing that you're trying to get out of on a first date? Um, I want to know the things that they're passionate about outside of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like what like really sparks joy for you? What are things that you care about? Um, you know, cause that, that sheds a lot of light on who they are like behind the mask. Yeah. Um, I don't really give a shit like, what like you do COVID for a living. Mask, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mask of self. Yes. Um, you know, like I don't, I don't care about your, you know, like sure, if you love your job, that's awesome. But like, what are the things that like really get you going? Um, I try to go as long as I possibly can on a first date, or you know, texting or on an app or whatever, without talking about work. Yeah. And it's one of the first things that comes up all the time. But I'm so not interested in it. Yeah. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care about any of those things because they're not going to impact me whatsoever in terms of a relationship. Right. If you're a teacher, if you're a firefighter, if you're a fucking attorney, like I don't care. Yeah. I hope you're happy and you enjoy what you do. But that's like as much. As I think I that's what know. I'm looking for. Like what makes you happy? So if your if your job is it like awesome. But I just like what are the things that I can't see on the profile that I want to know, um, you know, and of course, like, do you want a family? Like all those questions. But I do feel like on a first date, it's like, okay, like, do I want to give you more of my time for a second date? And like, what do I need to hear in order to decide yes or no? How often do you find yourself on a first date? And and I'm extremely guilty of this, like feeling out what the like chemistry is there or isn't there, and how much does that impact? like a second date because I've had some really good first dates where I didn't feel any sort of physical connection or attraction right away. And I've tried to go out again and it still wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and like, it's not like a, a looks thing, right? It's just like a spark. A yeah. You feel it. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, how much of a factor does that play into, uh, a second date with a person? I feel like on a first date, it's a no or a maybe like I'll leave a first date and be like, Nope. Like that's not happening again. Or like, okay, I'm curious. Let me go on a second date. Um, so it's not just yes or no. It's no. Or it's maybe. no or maybe. Interesting. <laughs> like, um, and then from there on the second date, give it time for the chemistry. Cause I think sometimes it is hard on a first date to feel like you want it. Yeah. Comfortable. Um, you don't know how they are in a dating situation. Also with COVID, you're like makeouts on a first date. Like you're like, I don't even know what the fuck to do. <laughs> so you may like, it's just, it's a, it's a weird. It used to be like STD concerns and now it's like, oh my God, don't cough. Yeah. Don't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's crazy how our, like our standards have, yeah, yeah. it's just changed. Um, but I will say by a second date, I'll know. Okay. Um, and you know, I've like, well, maybe I'll give it one more, but it's like, why are we convincing ourselves? Well, I think at the end of the day, 
it's hard enough to date. And then it's also hard enough to find someone that you want to go out with, that you spend the time on the apps with, then texting with, then exchanging social medias with, and then being like, okay, we're going to go out. You've invested a lot of time leading up to that first date. Yeah. And it almost feels like, oh, well, I wasted all that fucking time. Yeah. So. And I love that expression, like wasted time, because I try to not say that anymore. But it is. But I do feel like, what have you learned about yourself in that moment? Like, <laughs> I I feel like even on a bad first date, like, oh, fuck, what a waste of time. And I'm like, no, but you know what? Like, I stepped out of my comfort zone or I look fucking great tonight. Like, You have a highly, highly, highly positive mental attitude that I think has been born over the last couple of years mm-hmm. of shit that you've dealt with yeah. that I don't share. Yeah. That I would love to share, that I'd love to be like. You can. I mean. Yeah. I'm just an, I'm a, I'm a pessimistic skeptical i used to be the exact same way ask my girlfriends that have known me my whole life doing more yoga and lighting more candles and (laughs) chanting (laughs) burning palo santo yeah right exactly and Um, and see if i can get there i will say i was the biggest pessimist i was the debbie downer in my group of friends like there was always something that was missing or something we could have had like that was my personality that was like the role that i played in our friend group and And no longer friends with any of those people. no i am but you know, we've been friends for so long that, you know, they're they're sticking around no matter what. <laughs> but I will say, like, the positive side of me, like, really didn't come out until I would say, like, after my mom passed away and I was able to deal with all of that. Like, I can now even look back and say, like, you know, of course, I'm, I'm you know, I would give anything to bring her back. But if she hadn't have passed, there's no way that I would have done all this work on myself. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't have gotten divorced, if I had stayed in a comfortable, safe relationship, um then there's no way I would have learned all of this sure. about, you know, who I am as as an individual, not as like someone that's coupled. Oh, we, right. Yeah. I, I like that. And uh, unfortunately, another thing that you learn with life and time is that it's most of the shitty things that happen to you that bear the largest imprint on who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. And more shitty things happen as you get older yeah i mean it's just that's life yeah that's life yeah um it's one of the pros and and blessings i would say because i I wouldn't be who i am today without all of the other you know terrible things that i've had to deal with yeah i've lived a blessed life and i'm not not uh confused about that at all but like obviously my most growth has occurred because of because of hardship well i feel like how can you appreciate things that are awesome and great if you haven't experienced it on the other side so if you don't let yourself go to the darkest place ever then that light isn't going to feel as bright and warm and loving um as it would be if you allowed yourself to go to those places that are you know uncomfortable so yeah i would say the positivity like but it's a choice i mean you can choose to look at things of a place like fucking dating in a pandemic sucks. This blows. I'm never going to find anyone. <laughs> right. But like you're, if you're putting that out into the universe, so whatever you believe, that. it's yeah. exactly what's going to come back to I'll you. Give you that. I, I am starting to realize that. Like, I'm proud to hear you say that. I, yeah. It's all the yoga that we do. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The video uh, that you haven't watched yet. I watched it. You did. did I didn't you do, do it, it okay. but I watched it. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm easing into it. I'm That's an old fine. man with a brittle body. Um, You've said you've been teaching yoga for, I think, four or five years. Three now. years. Three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've obviously been a big proponent in my life of trying new things, uh, podcasting, photography, writing, whatever it might be. And I love the feeling that I get when I find something that I love. Mm-hmm. What is it about yoga specifically that when you do it, when you're leading a class online, in person, etc., that like you love? Oh, there's so many things I've. I think first thing is 
the energy that you get from your student, like watching them sort of like morph in front of you and not just physically, like just watching their like their spirits get brighter, watching themselves carry them themselves lighter. Like it's just it's so cool to watch people go through a class like you walk into a class, you see them stressed out. They're on their mat. They're like working out their frustrations from the day. And then the way like the sigh that you hear from them at the end of practice, like mm. It's contagious. Yeah, like it's just it's so fucking creepy. It's oh, contagious. Thanks. Like it's like, yes, this is why I do what I do. Like I want to, I want to make people feel better. And I mean, if it wasn't for yoga, I, I don't think that I would have been able to come out as strong through hardship. So I feel like if I can bring that out in other people, and I can even just change one thought over the course of their day, like I've done my job. I like that. Um, so I think making people feel good makes me feel good. I like that. Um, I mean, that's, I would imagine that's why you're a teacher. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's just like, you just, you just want to help people. Um, and then as far as like my own practice, I mean, I got addicted to it because first of all, the heat, I mean, like just like that constant sweat, like the detox of, you know, whatever you ate, drank, but also like you kind of, I had a teacher once that was like, they're like prayer beads. So for me, it felt like I was going to like church, temple, the gym and therapy in an hour. And I was like, where I've never felt that sort of release before. Um, and once, like once it clicks for you, you're like, I, yeah, I can do this the rest of my life. I like that. Um, I, I, in my life, I've been a big proponent of taking failures that I've had, whether it be work-wise, um, you know, personal life-wise, and trying to turn them into a positive. You know, uh, last year I took a See, job. See, you can be positive. I just said I try. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so like last year I had a job, I got laid off, you know, threw me in a whirlwind, not really sure where to go, what to do, and then like I hopped in my car, I drove cross country. Um, you know, took a million photographs and I really think I quote unquote found myself as cheesy as that sounds like I am more comfortable in my body today That's in amazing. the things that I'm doing personally, professionally, et cetera, than I was 12 months ago. Yeah. What type of failure have you had in your life, you know, from a work perspective, from a professional perspective with your marriage and how have you taken those failures, whether perceived or actual and turned them into a positive? Yeah. I mean, my profession. So before I was a teacher, I worked in PR. So mm -hmm. I did the corporate thing. I worked in fashion. And for me, it's so funny to like reflect on the person that I was before I found yoga and before I became a school teacher. Um, you know, like I'm, st I'm still in that person, but it's just, you know, it was very much like, I want the newest things. I, you know, I want to oh, be yeah. at the fanciest restaurants, hanging out with the coolest people. Um, and so I would say that switching careers while something I wanted to always do was extremely humbling. So I don't want to say it was a failure to switch careers, but like I fell on my ass when I got into teaching. Sure. Um, because right when I transitioned into education is when I was thinking about getting divorced and then following through with it. Mm -hmm. So I would say like really feeling like you have to do things on your own, right? Like I wasn't financially supported anymore. Um, I was, you know, I had a career that was paying me a dollar a day. Um, so it was like, this is on you. Like, you can't ask anybody for help. Like, you got to pick yourself up. And I, you know, so thankful for your sister because she caught me many a times crying in my classroom. But like, teaching is a blessing and a curse. Like, yeah, if you're well, having, if you're having, but if you're having a bad day, you can't bring it into the classroom. Like, right. the kids never got to see me, you know, 
cry at lunchtime when I was having a breakdown. And so I would say that first year having to teach on my own, not having like my person to call when I was struggling um, was a was really hard. But now I kind of feel like I can do anything on my own. Um, once you realize like how strong you actually are, you're like, so I can, it's, I it's can a, do hard. So it's a matter of things. just like taking the lesson that the, the moment has for you and then just growing from it. Yeah. And yeah. like, you have to let yourself fail. Like yeah. I, I think so often people are scared. I mean, my marriage failed. Yeah. Um, but it's like that happened. It's, it's Is done. It- it's over. So how, how can I learn from it? So I, don't make those decisions again. I don't even want sure. to call them mistakes, honestly. I, that's why I asked the question because, and I say perceived failure because a marriage not working is not a failure. Right. right? It is a perceived failure. Yeah. It is a conscious uncoupling of two people, but a failure it's not. Like a marriage is not either a win or a loss. Yeah. It is a relationship. And relationships succeed and they fail. But at the end of the day, you are not a failure for having been divorced. Yeah. Um, but I like to kind of dive into like what you learned about yourself through that process and it seems like you're like a brand new yeah I mean I I think you know it's really easy especially in like North Jersey to feel like okay by this age you have I mean you know yeah like married kids like and I oh my god I was like I was in a race the world though I was in a it is the world but I feel like it's really magnified here um, it's keeping up with the Joneses. Yes. And literally nobody was making me feel this way but myself. Like right. even my ex was like, yeah, whatever you want. Like, I'm de-, But he's like, what are you what are you spinning out for right now? Like there's no there's no need. You're in a competition with yourself. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, I, I learned that like I don't need people to feel happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think if you're not 100 percent in it with yourself, like whoever you're with can't make you feel that way. I completely agree. So I will never, and that's a lot of pressure to put on someone like, yeah, or yourself. Yeah. But like I, on my ex, it was like, okay, you are responsible for my happiness. You like on my, that's, he couldn't handle that. That wasn't, that wasn't his burden or whatever to bear. Like that was on me, but because of, you know, how long we had known each other, it was just sort of like, we knew how to work together in that way. But once I realized like, wow, like, you can't you can't ask that you can't of someone. Expect that of someone else. No, right? that's not their job. It's their job to pick you up when you need to be picked up, but not like 24/7, 365. Yeah, and to be constantly like you know, yes, you feel like you're great, you're amazing. It's like you have to be the one that's giving yourself the pep talk. Like Absolutely. it's nice to have people in your corner, of course, but you have to believe in yourself and like that confidence lacked for me for a long time. Um I mean, even in high school, I remember just like always sort of like not believing things about myself. And so, yeah, to like come into that in your own in your 30s, you wake up and you're like, wow, like I am not the same. I'm not the same person. Is that a uh, a societal thing? Because obviously I, I would. I mean, it, it's got to be entirely more prevalent in a woman to be questioning them their own self in high school and college and I I just would imagine it's just societal pressures inherently as a woman because I never felt that way I guess until like my late 20s where I felt like I needed to be doing more or making more money or having nicer things Mm -hmm. until I was like there yeah um so I just wonder if that was something that was just inherently in yourself or something that you just felt from 
You know, and I, I remember having conversations with my mom when I was younger. And I would always say to her, and I don't know where this came from. Like, both my parents were working parents. Um, you know, my mom didn't even have a college degree. She busted her ass. She had my older brother when she was young, never finished college. And I would have conversations with her about, like, Mom, I'll just marry a rich guy. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know who raised you because that is never something that I would teach you. And yeah. she always used to remind me, like, I, knock it off. Like, you're going to have to support yourself. And it's just interesting how that manifested and into marrying someone into marrying someone that you know could financially support me and you know was open-minded to me switching careers and making less money um and then to find myself in the situation i am now it's like my fucking mom was right yeah, you they know usually are yeah but i think you know it so it wasn't my family that that sort of put that on me i think growing up in ridgewood new jersey you know yeah. like there's a lot of pressures there class, yeah. yeah um you know, more so to go to the right colleges, travel abroad, um, you know, move to Manhattan right after college. Like there was yep. all these sort of like, why would you live at home? Yeah. You know, and I lived at home for two years and felt super insecure about it. Um, so I think it's a combination of society. And then I think, you know, it's also sort of where you grew up, the people that you chose to surround yourself with. Um, but yeah, I would say, and, and even now, I mean, you still see sort of society feeding people these ideas. Yeah. And I feel like it's the brave that sort of are like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to hop out of this hamster wheel. I completely agree with you. And I think I've, I've mentioned this on like three or four podcasts now. Um, and it's the thing that I hold the most resentment to in my youth was that when I was in high school, you're told these are the five colleges that you can apply to and get into. Mm -hmm. You go to college and the counselor tells you these are the five programs that you can get into and graduate from uh you get out of college these are the three places that you can go get a job for and no time from 17 to 25 did ever anyone ever take the time to ask me like john what what do you want to do yeah what will like make you happy it's like no I, i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna get a business degree i'm gonna go get a job i'm gonna make money but like none of those things were things that I necessarily wanted to do, cared to do, felt like I had to do. Yeah, I had to. I had to do all those things. Yeah. But it's a shame that you know, thirty-five. I am now figuring out the things that you know, sort of lame as it sounds, lights my soul on fire. Yeah. And it's it's just unfortunate that there's none of that at a young age. Yeah. It's always with time and with life lessons that you realize it doesn't matter how much money I make doesn't matter how many nice things I have. It's my family. It's my friends. And it's the things that I do on a daily basis that make me happy. Yep. And it's one of the main reasons why I started this podcast. Like, I'm not a guru. I'm not a Gary V. I'm not a fucking Robbins or whatever his name is. But, like, I want people to know that, like, it's okay at any age to stop doing what you're doing. And yep. that's okay. And pursue something that, yeah, lights your soul on fire. But I think it's so interesting what you just said. Like, it's a shame that... Like just now, like I'm figuring, but like how fucking lucky are you Very. that you figured it out? Very. Because there are people that will spend their whole entire lives in relationships that don't fulfill them in jobs that don't fulfill them. And they don't have the courage to listen to themselves. Absolutely. And so I have moments of like, oh, I can't believe this is where I'm at at 35. Like never thought that this would be my place. But I'm like, you know what? I would rather be here than be in my 40s, in my 50s, learning all of this then. much de like later down the road when there's other people involved and it's more complicated. Like, no, let's just fucking get honest now. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a t it's an unfortunate thing that you learn it late in life. And I think 
we're still young and it's just this perception that we're old and you know millennials and gen z's and all this dumb social media yeah. bullshit but it's just unfortunate that these lessons come with time right and i couldn't learn this 20 years ago no at 15 i wish someone said john here's a camera pick this up See if you like it. Yeah, but here's the thing. If someone would have done that, you would have been like, eh, no. Like, your Probably. brain wasn't... I would have been like, I have to play sports. I have to, like, yeah. do the cool thing. And yeah. Like, and that's totally, totally true. I would say, and it's, it, you know, because, like, obviously, your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're in your 20s. So I find, even as a teacher, like, I'm watching these 9 and 10-year-olds struggle, you know, and it's like, this happened on the blacktop, or this is going on at home. And, like, I just, you know, all I want to do is remind them that, like, you can get yourself out of anything mm -hmm. you know like it's it's just you like of course you let things affect you that your friend i mean you just forget about like how influenced you are by your friends and what oh, people yeah. are and saying it's and so much worse now with social media yeah and you just want to remind them like this isn't fucking important but no. they can't hear it even if you know what I mean? like they're just they're never going to hear it until they're ready to hear I, it I, and when you bring that up it it does remind me that like i wouldn't have been capable of learning those lessons at that age right you're, you're 100 percent right it comes i with, just wish like time. at a certain point at a younger age i was more exposed to like creative outlets that i didn't necessarily have right i'm super thankful for now but didn't have at a younger age yeah and that's just my gripe for the day <laughs> yeah no I, I mean i i think that's an excellent point it's i think to be reminded that there is no one way to do something and if something doesn't feel right for you, like do find what does. Yeah. Um, I think the, the two big things I, like I, I would like to accomplish with these conversations that I have with people is just how different everyone's path is and mm -hmm. how no one's path is right. Right. It's right for you. It's right for me, but it's not right for everyone. Yeah. And if you're able to realize that at 15 or 35, great. But the sooner the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's true. The sooner you can step into like, this is me. Yeah. Yeah, the the easier your life is going to feel. 100%. But if you fight it, right, then, I mean, you're just like that is a that's a constant battle. I completely agree. Yeah. With you. What uh what inspires you? Like what like gets you going? What makes you wake up in the morning being like I'm gonna fuck today up? In a, in a possible way. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um. What inspires me? I mean, I I think, you know, this sounds cheesy, but like I want to make my mom proud. Um, and I, you know, I think that she would be really proud of the human I've turned into. She didn't really meet. I mean, I, you know, I know she's, she knows this part of me, but she didn't see me as this person. Um, so I think she's a constant inspiration. Um, you know, my family, like I, I, I want to, you know, not make them proud, but I like, I just, I just want to be better for my family. I want to be better for myself. I want to be better for my students. So I think I always bring it back to myself and just how can you do today better? Yeah. Um, what did you learn yesterday that you don't want to do again? What do you think you could fix? Mm -hmm. Cause I am a constant work in progress. So like, is everyone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, people are like, you know, practice makes perfect. It's like, nope, it's just practice makes progress yeah. over oh, and over oh, and over again. Practice makes progress. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely going um, to steal that. Yeah, because... What, cause, what yep. gives you confidence? What gives me confidence? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. What? I would say, honestly, when I'm like on my yoga mat, like no one can fuck with me. Um, I feel like and I'm, can you carry that feeling to the rest of your day? I try to. That's like the real yoga practice. It's like, okay, to hold on to this for as long as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Um, what else makes me feel calm? I mean, I like, 
Yeah, I like love riding with the top down, music blasting. Like sometimes I'm like really feeling myself when well, I'm driving. Like yeah, like just like good music and <laughs> like a yeah, like that can really turn your day around. Even though you missed a great concert, oh, uh, Johnny Mayer. Boy. Yeah, damn. Maybe I'll listen to him on the way home. You should. Um. Yeah, but I I think being able to look at myself in the mirror and be like, "You fucking got this. You're amazing." And yeah. I, you know. I don't give a shit what you look like. I don't, like, it's none of that. It's just like... Yeah, I don't gain confidence from, like, the person I see in the mirror. It's something inside of you. And yeah. it's not, like, what you perceive through your eyeballs. Yeah. It's something I, innate that I like to uncover because I think if enough people can start to feel comfortable and confident in their everyday actions, they can start leading a life that they're more wanting to lead. Yeah. And it's infectious, right? Like, yeah. you know when you're around somebody that has good energy and... It wasn't really until I was like in the yoga space where I was like, oh, like you can pick up when someone is like good energy, like what they are putting out there is something that you want, you're attracted to, you're drawn to. Um, And I'm talking about friendships, relationships, whatever. Yeah. Versus the people where you're like, oh, like you can just feel it when someone is insecure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't think confidence necessarily has to be the way that you look. It's the way that you feel. And so what do you need? I mean, the number of dance parties I've had in my basement by myself in this pandemic that I do post on Instagram because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fuck it, who doesn't love a dance party? And the number of responses that I get of people being like, oh my God, kitchen dance parties are the best. It's like, yeah, like feel yourself out when you're dealing. Like, hundred percent. Love it. Like think, own it. I think the funniest thing for me uh, whenever I see those things and I do laugh at them a lot is because like 82 or 5% of people who are on Instagram watch Instagram without like the sound on. Yeah. So every time I see you dancing in your <laughs> kitchen, it's without sound. That's amazing. And it is hilarious because yes. I'm like, mm, what is she listening to? And I watch a whole through and then I play the sound and then it's just funny to like, what I think it is versus yeah. what is it? Yeah. And then um, how many people just keep scrolling? Oh, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you've done some really cool shit with yoga and obviously we're not going to get into like specifics, but um, outside of being a teacher and outside of being a yoga teacher, what's like your biggest dream? Like what, you know, we're young, we've got 60 years left to live, hopefully. What's like your biggest dream that you hope to get out of the rest of your time here on earth? Oh, man. Or like uh, one of. One of. I would love to travel more. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, COVID. yeah, or, or any. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to travel last summer and take a six week road trip across the country. Um, and that opened my eyes to sort of how much there is in this world to explore. Like I, you know, used to just no, like take me to the beach. I want the Caribbean. I want to lay on the, you know, on the beach for a week. And now I feel like, wow, like there is just, there's so much beauty out there to Mm -hmm. see. And there is something about standing at the base of a mountain and looking up and being like, wow, like my problems are nothing. You know, it's just, it's such a refreshing experience. So like, I want more of those moments, um, in my life, like just like finding some peace and quiet in places that I never would have considered visiting before. Um, yeah. So travel, I mean, you know, I, I would love to see the world, see the world, do yoga everywhere in the world. Well, Pyramid of Giza. Maybe even open a downward. yoga studio. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't even know. I just I think it's something that I it's changed my life and so if I can just keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, like I don't want to push it on people, it. Yeah. but I'm like, holy fucking shit, if you just open your heart to this, it could change your life too. So I think that will forever just follow me, even if it's just in conversations with people. 
I like that. I, uh, I'm going to pay a bit of a compliment. We've been friends for a few years now, and I think the person that you are today is not leaps and bounds, but you are a brighter, sunnier, more genuinely awesome Thank person you. today than when we met. Um, I think it would be easy to take the trauma that you've dealt with with the passing of your mother and a divorce and have those be you know damaged parts of yourself that um could easily make you be a completely different way Mm -hmm. and uh i like to think of like trauma and damage as like we're human beings we're like crumpled up pieces of paper right like at the end of the day we all start up as a mess and like you just just start trying to push out the edges and like kind of smooth out everything that's going on in your life and I think you're getting pretty flat and pretty straight and, yeah. and pretty smooth. And Thanks. it's like, it's really nice. And it's, uh, it's really great to kind of see how far you've come in such a short period of time. Oh, you're making me blush over here. <laughs> Don't cry. Aww. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that this is one of my, my more favorite conversations that I've had. This was good. And obviously we'll have to have you come on the pod again. Um, I like to finish up my podcast with two important questions. Okay. Uh, the first question is, are you happy? Yes today and every day or just you know today today I, I would say you know every day no mm-hmm. I, I have some bad days I mean you you know I had one two days ago yeah that's true. That's <laughs> but true. I would say in general like I'm I'm happy with the person I am today good yeah. that's great my second question is I like to finish up the podcast with a recommendation that could be a book a movie a tv show a vacation spot literally anything and I don't like to plan one before coming in and that's why I like to spring it on my guests last minute um, but what's something that you recently consumed or you know something that you did that you would like to recommend uh, I love Glennon Doyle's book Untamed I mean Ooh. it's all over it's all over Instagram she's pretty incredible to listen to um her story's remarkable also but it's it's not a self-help book it's a, it's a collection of her stories she's gone through a lot of shit um but there's like takeaways from every chapter and there's lots of life le- lessons to be learned so i would definitely say giving that a, a read oh good worth it. i like that i'll yeah. uh, definitely add that to my list yeah um i don't have a solid recommendation today um i i've not really watched anything great that i loved i did just start um, for all mankind, which is slow, it's getting in there. Um, but my recommendation is going to be that I want people to read a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just piggyback off your book recommendation because in the last three to four years, I've tried to read one more book than I did the year before. And like last that. year was the first year that I read less than the year before. Just you know, pandemic, I binged everything on Netflix yep. and I was you know depressed and everything. So um, I think reading has heightened my sense of self and. Uh, my worldview significantly and I think nobody does it anymore because we're on our phones 24-7 yep. and nobody takes the time to put it down. Um, so my biggest recommendation is for everyone to start a, a book list and start reading. Maybe we'll start a Wrong Advice Podcast book club. I love and, that uh, idea. Might be something to, to come I need someone, like, I, I need a book club, book club to hold me accountable because I should read more. Like, I definitely should read more. Right, well, we've so got our first if you, member, yeah. Jessica Miller, yes. in the Wrong Advice Awesome. Podcast and then I'll have to read because, like, no one wants to be that asshole yeah. at book club Oprah that hasn't who? read. Yeah, that hasn't this read the my book. Idea. There we go. <laughs> Jess, it was uh, awesome having you on. Thank you for having me. I love you. I'm so glad to see how great you're doing. And uh, this was so much fun. Thanks. Awesome. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.